2: Hey, nice new jumper, Bristol. I've never seen it. I love that green.
3: Thank you, ladies. Thank you.
2: Jen's really good at taking compliments, as you can tell. We're
4: like proper nice ice cream colours, Jen.
3: Yeah, I'm wearing pistachio. You're wearing what Strawberry. is it? Strawberry. Strawberry and Maureen's wearing well, I whatever Maureen's wearing, I don't want that in an ice cream. <laughs> the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith.
4: And thank you to our new Patreon, Caitlin. We're so delighted to have you. And a patron
3: that we missed from November, Laura. Sorry for missing you, Laura. We're so glad you're joining us now. Maureen, we were having a discussion about how your screen sometimes isn't as hd politely saying that <laughs> but actually right now I can see you very clearly Alison can you see Maureen quite clearly I think she's looking very fresh mm. yeah your skin is glowing you're glowing Maureen that might be maybe there's something wrong with your computer no oh
2: my other computer which I've got open at the moment so I'm transferring
3: stuff it died and guess who doesn't back up I'm going to guess it's you as you live alone Yeah, back it up now Maureen get backing what are you backing it up onto I'd love to know a DVD player <laughs> She's got some VHSs left over that she can... <laughs>
2: a little hard drive. But it just went dead, and I was like,
3: uh, Because, you know, you always think, I must back up. I mean, do you two back up? I've got a separate hard drive, but what do I do when that dies? You know, everything's up on the cloud. And yes. People are like, you don't want to put it up on the cloud because anyone can access it. I was like, go for it. I mean, it absolutely. If you want to see some half-baked comedy ideas and some invoices... <laughs> Go at it. Have a great time. And you want to see my last year's tax returns? Help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't how we want to start the show, is it? (laughs) A little tax talk gets everyone fired up. Come on, let's talk about the receipts. What a week. We're not going to touch on the politics of the international kind because it's... Very loaded, very hard. But this is bollocks. So what bollocks has been happening your week?
2: Oh, I met up with Christian, Christian schulte the German comedian, was over in England, so some nice meals. Lovely.
3: So, Maureen, who was in charge of taking who out for Who? I mean, for dinner.
2: We kind of walked around, and then it's actually difficult. You just walk into a restaurant now, and they go, have you booked? And you're like, no. Mm. You know, in the olden days, you just go in and sit down, but now it's like, have you booked? And you're like, no. Where were you? Were you in central London? We were in central London. One was, like, in Victoria, and the finally we found somewhere, and then we went to a very nice place at the back of King's Cross, like a really lovely, posh place. Wolverine loves
3: a restaurant opposite a railway station. (laughs) I've noticed that. You say to her, can, can you recommend a restaurant? And she'll go, oh, yeah, it's Blur blah Blur. It's right next to King's Cross, Victoria, Oxford Circus, Tottenham Court Road. But they're nice. They're always a hop, skip and a jump. No. You don't like to go too far, do you? No. Because no. she wants to eat and then run. I don't want to run. She's not running, Alison. No, no, you're right. You're right. Walk quickly at most. Yeah. <laughs> they bought me some
2: German crossword puzzles because I love a German crossword puzzle.
3: Oh. Oh, boring. I was been very, very happy doing my little puzzles because I finished my top. I know. I saw the picture of that. It looks lovely. Maureen, you are, I have to say, a talented knitter. Wouldn't you agree, Alison? Major skills. Uh,
4: I'm very impressed. It honestly looks store-bought. You know what I mean? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I agree. I look at those tops I think, oh, yeah, you got that in a, what are they called? Shop. You got that in a shop. That's what I meant. You <laughs> got that in a shop. Wow, Brister. It's really wow. happening now when you don't know the word for shop. It's all <laughs> over for you. So, Maureen, you met up with Christian. Yep. You got yourself your German crosswords. You had a lovely meal at King's Cross. Dare I ask what flavour food you were eating? I had a shepherd's pie, post-shepherd's pie. Post-shepherd's oh, yeah. pie. So what kind of restaurant? Was this sort of like European food or was it a cafe? Yeah, yeah, I mean creme brûlée. Creme brûlée. Yummy. Yeah, this sounds really old school, shepherd's pie and creme brûlée. Was it... Where... It's a really nice restaurant. Even you'd like it. It, was... it feels like it's set in the 1970s or something. <laughs> it not <isn't>? it? Was... <laughs> Creme brulee and shepherd's pie. I mean, it goes out for <laughs> shepherd's pie. So what about you, ladies? Can you top that exciting week?
4: I had a shepherd's pie at home. Does that count? And a homemade shepherd's pie? Was it a shepherd's pie
3: or was it a cottage pie? Because people No, it was a cottage it. pie. Oh, it yes. was a cottage pie, yeah. It has to be lamb if it's shepherd's pie. Come on. that's Exactly. No, it
4: was a cottage pie. Oh, you know what was really nice? This week I caught up with a lot of friends. There were a lot of comedian gal pals in town. So we got to have a lot of visits this week. I felt very social. I was almost tired by the end of the week because I had been so, like, had people round at the house and was, like, trying to entertain. And you know when you're trying to put your best foot forward. Yeah. It was really fun. We had a a Joe Caulfield over and then Rialina. And then I also
2: visited
3: with Daisy Earl. It's been one heck of a socializing week. Very nice. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. What is that? I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? Buttermilk. No, I'm not. It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I. uh, Sorry, Alison, (laughs) let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. I mean, let's admit that (laughs) is something... I have not seen
4: a cafe latte like that. It's
3: like, it does look like a... It looks like a yoghurt cup or something. It's a skinny cafe latte. It's a skinny one. Listen, my mind is blown. Fine. I'm sorry to interrupt. What was actually a, 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 an Fine. interesting update from Alison by Maureen's double cream beverage, <laughs> cafe latte? Yeah. Sorry, cafe cafe latte. So you had Ria and Joe around. That's lovely. Yeah,
4: it was really nice. So busy week that way. But all the gigs were local, so I got to sleep in my own bed every single night, which was delightful. That's a dream, right? I think people are always like, ooh, you get to travel so much. No, 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 no. Sleeping in one's own bed
3: is the greatest sleep. All of my uh, gig choices are geographical. (laughs) Would you like to do a gig in Worthing? Yeah, sure. How much is it? I don't care. It's in Worthing. I'll do it. It's fine. Anyway... I'm going to Holland and Belgium. You're going to Holland and Belgium this week? I am going to the Utrecht Comedy Festival and then after that I'm going to the the Mad Goat Festival or something in Antwerp. So uh, that's what I'm doing on Friday and Saturday. And then mm, coming back fine. on Sunday.
2: Yes, yes. Utrecht is lovely. Is it? It's a, such
3: a lovely city. You'll, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's got a village feel, though it's a city. It's it's beautiful. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing is, I'm there for less than 24 hours, so I mm. won't see anything of Utrecht. <laughs> and I won't see anything, really, of Antwerp. Although, Warren and I have already had a date there, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we went on a romantic uh a couple of days in Antwerp, didn't we, Maureen? Do you remember that? Yeah, I think we were in Ruben's house. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We had drank a lot of caffeine. Um, <laughs> but my week was uh, I went to see Cirque du Soleil at the Royal Arbor <gasps> Hall. How was that? Oh, it was absolutely incredible. Loved it. We had such great seats because Glow and I decided, um, you won't be able to relate to this Maureen, obviously. We chose the seats that were like the best ones that we could get. OK, I wasn't even yeah. convinced. I was like, mm, maybe these aren't the best. But we had, like, we were front and centre. We had the best view of this stage. It was just a real treat for the old eyeballs. When you see people at the peak of their physical fitness and they're sort of um, really pushing what your body can do, like with acrobatics or whatever it is, it was just mind-blowing. Absolutely amazing. I loved it. I can highly recommend it if there are still tickets available. I mean, Search of Soleil comes round, Every year, and they do a different themed show. This year's theme was Mexico. Oh! All the musicians were singing Mexican sort of folk songs and speaking in Spanish. and Aww. Yeah, it was, it was really lush, lovely. The kids, one of them absolutely spent the whole time going, Mama, I can't believe it! This is incredible! Mama, wow! And the other one was like, can I have a snack? Can I have, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Was it the small one asking for snacks? Yeah, the small one. I just said, can you see? that? Just look ahead of you and you will see something that is quite a spectacle <laughs> and then his sort of eyes rolled into the back of his head and went I'm hungry and I was like I think that this is wasted on you and you know what's
4: crazy because that one that one child of yours the the smaller one yeah is he the artistic one he should be an acrobat because the core strength on that kid I have seen he balances on one arm he like, his, he is nothing but muscle to me I'm like there's your future There it is. That's what you're going to make mummies lots of money by doing
3: this, kid. So get ready. Absolutely, Alison. His core strength is incredible. Like, he can hold himself in position, like, with one arm. I I, I look at him and I'm just like, how are you able to do that? You're like a little tiny thing. But, yeah, uh, uh, when he goes out and he's up on the climbing frames and doing showing off like he is which i actively encourage i might add (laughs) other parents are like oh my goodness this kid how is he able to do that and i'm just like oh just i guess it's genetics which means it's absolutely nothing to do with me but
2: (laughs) what i love about the little one he's always he always wants a snack and then when when you feed him his
3: dinner he doesn't want his dinner he's like not hungry and you're like you've been hungry well he has to eat his dinner those are the rules so it's a lot of a lot of that sit at the table till you finish your bloody dinner mate but anyway, it was lovely.
4: Lovely weeks then. Sounds like lovely yeah, weeks we nice. all had.
3: Yeah, well, strap in for next week where I moan about travelling for 48 hours.
4: <laughs> 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 that's been my last three weeks, so I'm excited it's somebody else that's going to be doing it. I'm like, yeah.
3: So, Maureen Younger, I cannot wait to hear what is your be more in moment this week.
2: I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. (laughs) I chose
3: my own number and my own contact to block. (laughs) Oh my god, Boreen! I don't. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. This
2: is going back in time. This is when I was signing on. I'd forgotten I had to sign on, so I went in. I went up the next day. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to sign on. And the woman was like. Yeah, if you forget, you lose your money. But if you were sick and you couldn't come, then you get your money. I went, oh, yeah, but I wasn't sick. I forgot to sign on. She went, yeah, but if you say you're sick, you won't lose your money. I went, yeah, but I, I, I wasn't sick. <laughs> and you could see her face. I just forgot. And She was like, yes, but if you say you're And this went on for ages. And then she went, just say you're sick. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, she's trying to help me here, isn't
3: she? <laughs> yeah, Maureen, I um, think I got that. Immediately. She was like, for goodness sake. This reminds me, Maureen, oh, no, many an occasion when Maureen would say to me, so I've been offered to do this gig for... She'll say, well, how much shall I say I can do it for? And then I'll say, well, say that you won't do it for less than this much. So Maureen will come back to me and I said, OK, how did it go? Um, they offered me 150 but I said I could do it for 100 and I went okay so what you've done <laughs> there so yeah. what you've done there Maureen is the opposite of what I told you to do which is go up Yeah. if someone says I'll give you 150 you go well I don't do it for less than 200 I'll do it for 175 no Maureen is like oh I'll do it for 100 I was like I cannot I don't even know where to go yeah with
2: this. <laughs> oh well at the unemployment thing I actually got some cash and I said to the woman there I said oh I've got some cash and she went too much information, go home, have a bath. Because she, she knew that
3: I would lose money. Yeah. This was years ago, It's about 30 years ago. But I was like, no, but I want to tell you this. For those of you who don't live in this country who are wondering what signing on means, it's, it's when you sign on for your dull money.
4: Unemployment insurance, yeah, yeah, if you're... Yeah,
3: yeah. It was very easy to sign on about 30, 40 years ago. You didn't really have to do too much. I mean, there was admin... But the amount of admin that you have to do to sign on now is absolutely just ridiculous. But then anyone could just sign on.
2: I mean, when I was a student, you could sign on during the summer holidays and they'd pay your rent. Wow. You'd
3: get housing benefit. So all of your rent was covered. So as a student, you could live off the dole and you had no rent to pay. Yeah. And they would do it because they knew you were a student.
2: They would make your first signing on like the first week of term. So you didn't have to come back and sign on. So you you
3: didn't have to sign on for six weeks. I never got that benefit but I do remember people that were like about 10 years older than me that would constantly tell me how it was when they were at university and I was like yeah oh well thanks for telling me about your heady heady days yeah,
4: exactly
2: <laughs> and also you, you
3: didn't have to pay for your course you'd get a grant yeah so you basically got paid to go to
2: university yeah. yeah oh boomers eh they're the worst and then the very people who benefited from all
3: that were the people who introduced course fees well there we are we've all learned something about human nature <laughs> yeah I'm too honest you're too honest and other pricks aren't Maureen that's a classic be more Maureen moment and what I love about that is that was going back so that means that you've are you sort of running out of Be More Maureen moments, Maureen? Do you know what? I was thinking I might be running out.
2: i oh, don't worry. I mean, worry. I'm, sure I,
3: I'm sure something will come up. Oh, something will happen
4: real soon. But I do like a dip into the past. I think it's fun. Yeah. That way we can see the evolving of the Be More Maureen moments over the years. I don't think there's been any evolution, to be honest. I think
3: that's been very generous. <laughs> What's the opposite of evolution? Devolution? No, that's not it. That's something else. That's something completely different. <laughs> Well, Maureen, uh, once again, thank you very much for your money moment. Alison, now I know that this week's Ask Alison was a big one. It was a big one. You had to put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. So that's why we're going to take a moment for Alison to collect ourselves before we <laughs> Ask Alison.
4: Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. As always, I am so grateful to every single one of you who uh, is brave enough or uh, just is looking for someone else's opinion. I'm very grateful. So this week, I'm going to read it out in totality because uh, they wrote it out nice and long, and I appreciate that. So, hi, I have an Ask Allison for you. I, I have a thing that I haven't discussed with anyone at all. I've been married for eight years, two kids. I'm happy. I love my husband, and I do fancy him. However, I like women. I've always fancied women, but been in a bit of a denial for a long time. I've fairly recently been honest with myself, and it's like the floodgates have opened, and I can't stop thinking about being with a woman. I messed around with girls briefly as a teenager, but nothing seriously. I basically only fantasize about women and have a very teenage-style crush on Vicky McClure. Watching things like Jen's Mint Velvet video makes me jealous of women living openly with other women. Here's where we get to the question. Do I need to address this? Can I live in a secret fantasy world, or should I share it with my husband? Ooh. He knows I have some teenage history and sometimes jokes about me being bisexual, but we've never talked about it properly. I don't want to cheat or leave. I do sometimes think if I ended, then I would definitely date women. Okay, so I am just going to look at the two main questions that you asked in there. Do I need to address this? And then the other one was, can I live in a secret fantasy world, or should I share it with my husband? Now. Do I need to address this? <sighs> Look, first off, I'm very happy for you that you are acknowledging and addressing and realizing. And I want you to remember that everyone's journey, I am assuming, because again, I am speaking from a straight person's point of view at this moment, but everyone's journey with sexuality and, and you know, what it, it's their own journey. There is no right or wrong way to go about discovering, finding out, becoming. There's no right or wrong way. I think what you're doing right now is realizing all of these things, right? There's a floodgate of emotions that are coming in. You're just at the beginning of realizing and acknowledging some pretty big things in your life. So I think it's important for you to take your time and only speak your truth when you feel safe and ready. I don't want you worrying about having to tell your husband or anyone else to be the thing that drives you or guides you at this point. This is your story. This is your journey. This is your experience. So you go at the pace that suits you. Okay? That's what I want you to remember more than anything else. Um, I think right now you're in a very self-exploration time, and I think you need to prioritize feeling comfortable about your sexuality. I mean, this can mean a bunch of things for a lot of other people, but I feel like you're just beginning to really acknowledge it within yourself. So before you even let other people know, I mean, do you want to do a bit more looking into things? This is the greatest time ever i think in our world there are so many groups and and places we can go look the lgbt foundation or other groups have tons of phone lines a bunch of places you can call and maybe talk to like-minded people before you even start to introduce it to the people in your world focusing on you and your desires first and giving yourself time to understand what it is you want to convey will make it easier when you decide you do want to tell someone. So again, I think you're just in the early stages of figuring things out for yourself. You don't have to start letting other people in or telling them everything. Or if you do, I mean, maybe by thinking about it, you'll figure out how much you want to disclose. I feel like you've already tried. You've told your husband a little bit about things in the past. Look, he's even made some jokes about it. So maybe that's his way of saying like, hey... There's a possibility that he senses things whether or not you choose to disclose. I'm wondering maybe if speaking to a friend or if there's someone that you could open up to before maybe the big step to the husband. Again, this is your choice, but maybe speaking to somebody else first might make it a bit easier, might make you discover some things before you start opening up uh, to everyone. And you know I'm going to say this. Look, talking to a counselor, a therapist, someone involved with one of these groups, someone who knows about what this might feel like, I think, might also help you to understand yourself a bit better at this stage. So I really want to stress maybe talking to a professional or somebody who knows a bit more about this exact situation might just help your brain right now. okay? Because I think you're still figuring out what it is you want before you move forward, which I think is important to know before you do speak to your husband. Can I live in a secret fantasy world, or should I share it with my husband? Well, I don't think people are stupid, and I think he will eventually sense something is there. He, You know, something is up, whether you choose to share it with him or not. I think eventually, if you're embracing this and realizing this, this is not something that you can hide from. I do think having a conversation with him eventually is what should and will happen. Now, look, a lot of people, again, also do this with a therapist. Sometimes they have these discussions with a third person, with a moderator. That might be something to think about. But before you get into having the conversations with your husband, here are a few things I just thought you know might help you to begin the conversation before you speak. Being honest and transparent, but first and foremost, I always want you to protect yourself, okay? So yes, I want you to maybe eventually open up, but it is guarding yourself and and being careful with you. That's my primary focus right now is on you. Have a conversation in private, in a private space, and give your partner enough time to process it and ask questions, which is why, again, I think the more work you can put in ahead of time before you start talking to somebody else about how you feel, where it is you are, what you want now moving forward in your life, gives you a better place to speak from. If you're not sure how your partner may respond, you might want to maybe enlist a friend or a safe person who you can rely on for support afterwards, all right? That's why I also think having a bit of a support network before you talk to your husband or or having someone might be good so you can touch base with somebody so you're not just left feeling like lost in his initial reaction to all of this. You may also want to consider, like I said, having a conversation in therapy or in a professional setting because I really think that'll help you to both of you to navigate through this time in life. I know that's rather general, but I just don't think there's any clear like go to this, go to this. Like I said, everyone's journey is different and you sound like you're in the beginning phases. So I just want you to do whatever you can to protect you, to help you, to make you realize where you want to go with this, what this means to you while you are moving forward. That is the best advice or what I feel I can say to you at this moment. Ladies, do you have anything else that you would like to offer up to this person in this situation? Jen, I don't mean to, like, go right to you, but you are the lesbian between the three of us. And I'm sure you've had some friends or people. I know. (laughs) Maureen. I know, Maureen. It's a shocker. (laughs) She's not had the conversation with you yet, obviously. (laughs) And this is awkward. I did not mean to be the third person involved with this.
3: Listen. I am and have always been a lesbian, so I, I haven't had that same confusion about my sexuality. So it's quite difficult for me to be able to completely empathise, but I can empathise with what it's like to feel in a particular way and want to act on it and, and to know that it, it's a big part of who you are as a person and to deny that means denying a part of yourself. I think for this person it's really difficult because she obviously really loves her husband You know, they've made a commitment to one another. She's still attracted to him. She even says she still fancies him. Yeah, exactly. So my instinct is to say to the person that wrote into you, to protect your marriage, really. Figure out what it is that's really important to you. And if it's your marriage, then it's great to have all of these thoughts and all of these feelings and to go out and talk to people that you trust about it and to even have them as fantasies. Fantasise. But I think... Unless your partner is open to you experimenting and then coming back to him, which I would imagine that would depend on him... Then I can't see it enhancing the relationship. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I might be wrong. I yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know them. So what do I know? Yeah.
2: Well, so I think sharing fantasy. I mean, it's. you don't have to share your fantasies with other people. That's your personal. You know, what you fantasize about is sometimes not something you'd actually want. Exactly. Be careful what you
3: wish for. Yeah. It's a fantasy. So. Because yeah. that attraction to women and that realization that she's attracted to women is obviously strong, but ultimately she's in a relationship with her husband. And they obviously have a history together and a life together and a a future together. So be careful what you wish for, because if you lose that, you're not going to necessarily get something better. (laughs) If the issue was that she has come to a realisation and this has happened to friends of mine where they're like, I married a man. I care about him. I'm not attracted to him. I'm not in love with him. I love him. I don't have it feels like he's my brother rather than my husband. Then you're in a completely different situation and then I would say, okay, all right. So it sounds to me like for you, this relationship has come to its natural conclusion and now you want to move forward and the next relationship, you want it to be a same-sex relationship. Go at it. But when you're in a relationship with someone and everything's working, but you just have this fantasy, hey, listen, we all have fantasies. Yeah, all of us, in, but even in a long-term relationship, Woo, of course you do. I mean, you're not constantly looking at your partner going, this is everything I ever dreamed of. Of course not. <laughs> and and I think Maureen's right. You don't have to share those fantasies. But also, I think what you you said, something very interesting as well, Alison, is that if you're going to have a conversation, maybe having a third party there, maybe having a sex therapist or somebody that deals with couples counselling or whatever might be useful to have this discussion because I imagine it's not uncommon. And, you know, there will be therapists who have experience on how to handle this in a more guided professional and supportive way but yeah I mean Alison when you told me this problem I was like ah yeah it's tricky because but I think your advice is great and I think the most important thing is you don't need to make a decision now at all.
4: No, it's just opening. Like you said, the floodgates have just opened. I think the more exploration you can do, that's why I just want you to think about you and what this means to you and what is this. And because there are tons of stories, too, when I was looking online, there, are, like Jen said, this is not uncommon. There are a ton of, of women who went, I am attracted to women. They were in a marriage. And you know what? They're still in that marriage. And they are very happy in that marriage because, you know, in this day and age, I think we're all realizing we fall in love with people. Gender is, I mean, it's something that we, you know, decided to label ourselves. But you fall in love or you are attracted to whoever that is. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to change or end your marriage, right? You're just discovering some more things about yourself. And I just want you to be in that and explore that for yourself before taking any big steps so you know what steps it is you do need to take or want to take. And then you're in a better place to involve your partner in these discussions. So that's where I think you are right now. And and I'm very proud of you. I'm very delighted that you're coming to terms with this because I think no matter what, this is only going to improve your life. Because like Jen said, you can't be living a lie to yourself. So I'm very happy for you. And I'm very grateful that you shared this problem with us. So thank you very
3: much. Thank you very much, Alison. And I wish our writer in all the very best. And I hope that um, it all works out. Alison, as always, you are our agony. Elk Queen.
1: <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
4: You look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called out.
2: being professional, Alison.
3: <laughs> now it's time to find out what we've all been doing in our l- leisure time. Yes. Uh, television, blah, blah, blah. Well, I did my homework and watched The, the Lost Daughter yesterday. Oh, you
2: did it. OK, hey. let's... Thoughts, feelings. I would say it proves that Olivia Coleman is an absolutely fantastic actor. Her acting, I think, is amazing in this. Yeah, she's just brilliant. There's a, there's a kind of actor that kind of goes up a level. Richard Griffith was like this, where the way the way they phrase it is it's just more realistic. That kind of actors have a way of speaking where you kind of go, okay, that's actors doing it. But just the way of her phrasing and stuff, it's just it's just another level. Uh, I thought it was. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd watch it again. But a character yeah. did remind me a lot of me. <laughs> so, like, when she refuses to move, like, they ask her... Well, it's very assertive American her to move. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm happy where I am. And I'm like, I've done that. Like, I, I just go, no, I'm happy where I am, thanks, and refuse, you know. And then she gets annoyed because people are chatting in the cinema and all this, and I'm like, this is the type of thing that I would do. The ending wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I couldn't quite understand why the young men seemed to really dislike her so much. That seemed a bit weird. What did you think of it? I mean, it's an interesting film. I
3: think the reason why I enjoyed it so much was the way it just looks at how we view... Women. Women. And mothers. And middle-aged women. I agree completely. And women past it, whatever we consider Mm -hmm. past it, Mm -hmm. and how women carry guilt and what makes women feel, or mothers in particular as well, feel validated, important. That relationship she strikes up with Dakota Johnson... For me, was the guilt that she felt for the relationship or the lack of relationship she has with her daughters.
2: I think you're right. It really depicts how women are meant are made to feel guilty, and I think it showed how children are in real life more than most films I've seen. That constant, mama, 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 which you know better than me, mama. You know they constantly they want attention. And that you're meant to feel guilty if you don't give them all that attention all the time. And that pressure on women to be a good mother, in inverted commas, and what it is to be a mother. I mean, women feel guilty if they can't breastfeed properly, if they go out to work. I think that's portrayed it really well, more than any other film I've seen recently. Yeah. How much of a drain that is on a person.
3: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The young Olivia Coleman is played by Jessie Buckley, who's, again, I just think is brilliant. She's a fantastic actor. And she plays Olivia Coleman as a young mother. And you see her with her partner, her husband, and he's, like, busy working. But so is she. Yes. She's, like, this academic. She's this translator that she translates uh, Italian poetry. She's into Italian. I mean, like, she's she's incredibly academic and incredibly clever. They've got these two young daughters. Absolutely cute as all hell in this movie, by the way. The daughters will go to the dad and the dad will go, ''I can't deal with this. I'm working.'' And she's like, ''Yeah, I'm, I'm also working.'' But he's like, I don't need to deal with this because I'm working. So he gets to work and not do anything. And she now has to stop working to take care of the children. So the expectation is there that you're the mum, you do that. I'm working. Yeah. But it's like, but they're both working. So you see the way that her choices, her career, her agency is stymied every which way by being in a relationship that isn't equal In that, she has to be the person that is constantly the caretaker for the children, which is the expectation of mothers, which is the expectation of women. And you see a woman reject that. And the price she pays. And the price she pays for rejecting it and the consequences that occur. Now, listen, as a parent, as a mother, it's difficult to not judge her. (laughs) With all the will in my heart, you're conflicted. Because you get why she's going, but you're like, how can you go? The point of this movie is, is that whether you agree with her, whether you like her or whether you don't like her, it's irrelevant. This is where women are. This is where we're at in the society that we live in. And these are the parameters that we have to stay in. And if we move outside of those parameters, then we will get annihilated. And... That is what I loved about this film. But anyway, I, I can recommend that. And I'm so glad you watched that, um, Maureen. Because yeah, I, I watched it and I thought Maureen will like this film. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I thought she was amazing in it. Uh, Olivia yeah. Coleman, yeah. yeah. I think Olivia Coleman and, and I think all four women that were in it yeah. were brilliant. in. obviously Olivia Coleman. It's her. it's her film. And she was absolutely outstanding at playing a character. Because often when you watch Olivia Coleman, she's so lovable. You can't help but love her. But she plays a character where you're, like, really conflicted. Yeah, yeah, she's not. She's not lovable. So what else did you watch, Jen? Did you watch anything else? I recommended something to Alison. We can't stop watching it. Right, so I recommended a show to Alison. I started watching a show called Yellow Jackets, and it's on Sky in this country, and it will be on, I think it's Showtime? I think it's a Showtime production, so if you're in the States, wherever Showtime is played. And it came out in November last year, and I don't know how I missed it. I I don't know what happened, but I never heard anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. And then I read an article about this show in The Guardian. Uh, They were interviewing one of the actors on it. And and I was like, oh, I might check that out. And then I was like, oh, my days, this is for Alison. What did you think?
4: Oh, my God, I can't stop watching it. Now, I'm looking up if the whole production is Canadian. I think that's probably why it went under the
3: radar, if I may say oh, so, because okay. I know it's filmed. Parts of it are set in Ontario, aren't they? Obviously. Yeah. And parts of it are set in um, New Jersey, I think, or in, in America. A lot of American productions do film in, in Canada, don't they? Oh, tons. Yeah, because I think it's cheaper.
4: It absolutely is. But
3: Yellow Jackets, what an absolute... Alison, I'm going to actually ask you to explain it because this is your genre and I think you'd be better at explaining it.
4: Oh, OK. Well, look, it is filmed in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Of course it is. It's beautiful, beautiful scenery. Basically, it's kind of like um, so there is an airplane crash. There is a are they a soccer team. Yeah, they're a soccer team. Yeah. A women's team. And there is a plane crash. And then it is like survival after the plane crash. But what's interesting is it's seeing some girls, you know, one particular girl who never felt she had much value – she wasn't really a part of any cliques or any groups. But in this world, she knows how to do tons of stuff. Like she can hunt, she can, you know, dress wounds. She So she has a lot of value in this new world. And so they keep waiting for someone to get them, but no one comes. Basically, it is survival. And at the same time, they cut forward to the world that the women are in now. So we do cutbacks to when they were teenage girls, what happened to them during that time, to current, what is going on in their lives. So we haven't gotten right to the end, so I don't know the full extent of of what happened while they were in the woods I'm assuming we all can jump to conclusions and we know kind of maybe what happened yeah cannibalism <laughs> yeah I'm just saying <laughs> I
3: mean that inference is made right at the start of episode one so if that's not a spoiler you get that the beginning of episode one you see someone running through a wood it's one of the girls she's captured and then eaten. We don't know who it is, yeah. but we do know that somebody gets eaten. Yeah. And then you see it from the perspective of these four characters. So there's a lot of them. I think there's like a dozen of them in the wilderness and they get trapped out there. I think it's for 19 months they're having to survive in the wilderness and they don't get found for 19 months. All of this is drip fed. Why they don't get discovered. You'll see the relationships of these girls before they the the aeroplane accident. And then you see the relationships afterwards how they start as a group, how those groups fall apart, how they separate mm-hmm. into clans, how those clans compete against each other. So then it's kind of a cross between the Lord. But then there's a sort of a supernatural element or a sort of spooky element. Yeah. It sounds like Lost. It sounds like Lost in the... It is like Lost. And and that that's the only thing that I'm slightly worried about because Lost got Lost, didn't it? And it ended yeah, up it yeah, being a lost, complete yeah. waste of time. But it feels like they've written this and they know what the end is already. It's not like yeah. lost with they' like ar, ar. that's the problem sometimes with American series because I think they like they do eight and if it goes well, then they write the other eight. I mean, I might be wrong, but I think that they're writing this. I mean there's there's more than one series so this will go on, but I think they already know how they want to end it. I've got a feeling. I'm hoping otherwise I'm we've all wasted our time. <laughs>
4: Well, we love it. I can't. It's dark, isn't it? Super dark, but fantastic in its darkness. And because also I'm, there's a part of me, you know, it's fascinating to me. And then to see that, what if you put it into like action in, in survival mode? Yeah. Dear God, I am glad I am not stranded with a group of teenage girls is all
3: I'm saying because I don't know how long I'd last. But there's brilliant performances from Melanie Linsky, Tawny Cypress, Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis as the grown-ups, as the, these young women who are now oh, Christina adults. Christina Ricci is great Christina in Christina yeah. Oh my God, this may be the role of her life. So anyway, that's on. Okay. Allison, it's time for the horror movies. I feel like I've already talked about horror movies because I was talking about Yellow
4: Jackets, but I did choose a horror movie that I thought, look, it's not exactly totally connected to our problem, but this is what I thought. If you don't address things in your life at certain points, they can always come back to haunt you, is what I was thinking. So the movie that I chose is a movie called The Gift that you can find on Amazon Prime. I've heard of that, The Gift. Okay. When a married couple, Simon, Jason Bateman, good old Jason Bateman, everyone, married Ah. couple Simon, and Robin, Rebecca Hall, unexpectedly encounter Gordo, Joel Edgerton, an acquaintance from Simon's past, little do they know that their perfect lives will be thrown into a terrifying tailspin. At first, Simon doesn't recognize Gordo, but after a troubling series of uninvited encounters and mysterious gifts, a horrifying secret emerges. As Robin learns what happened between Simon and Gordo, she begins to question how well she knows her spouse. Yeah, it's like you begin to find out what happened between these young guys at an early age and what it has done to them now.
3: I've seen this.
4: Yeah, it's really good. And to me, it is a real testament of like, you could try to run away from things from your past, but you know what? The past is a part of who you are. So... That's why I chose this horror movie, because we can never deny all the things about us. It's really good. It's really good. Especially because I love Jason Bateman. This was a very change of character for him, and I enjoyed seeing him in this role very much. So, I guess it kind of does fall in line with Yellow Jackets, even, the idea of, like, things that happen in those young days, you know, you always have to address it. It doesn't go away. You can't just push away these things because they will always come back to haunt you. So, The Gift on Amazon Prime. It's not a scary, scary one, Maureen.
3: It's not like a things jumping out. I would say it's more psychological thriller. It's a psychological okay. thriller in the way that a lot of those that used to get, you don't get so many of them now, but in the 90s, they were quite big, weren't they, those psychological yeah, thrillers yeah, yeah. in that vein. But, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Alison, for your horror movie recommendation. You're welcome. Oh, Maureen, what is in your corner and how cultured is it? Let's culture it up. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> We've
2: got a book club for this month. Uh, we did talk. Oh, great. We had a book club yesterday where we talked about Shirley Jackson. We have always lived in the castle. Apparently, there's a film of that, on, I think, on Amazon Prime. Is it good? I find it hard going to get into. I think the problem is none of the characters are really that likeable. So you have a bit of a struggle with that. And it's a bit weird. I mean, the woman who wrote it died at a very early age. And she was like, she became an agoraphobic and was just very obese and and died. So she had a nice life. It it is very weird. So, yeah, I find it hard going to get into. I wouldn't read it again. So I don't know if that's a... Well, I wouldn't read any book again. (laughs) Because that was quite a, a bit of a depressing read. We've got this one. I've already read it and it's absolutely brilliant. Called Hitman Anders and the Meaning of it All. Okay. It's a Swedish book by Jonas Jonasson, and it is very, very funny. It reminds me a bit of like Wolf Haas. It's just you're kind of laughing out loud. And basically it features one violent killer, two shrewd business brains, and many crates of Dave and Red Wine. Hitman Anders and the Meaning of It All is an outrageously zany story with as many laughs as Jonasson's multi-million copy bestseller, The Hundred-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of the Window and Disappeared. And it features Hitman Anders, uh, this hotel receptionist, and a female priest Who's been kicked out of the church. Okay, sounds interesting. It's funny. It's really, really you will be laughing a lot.
3: All right, I'd be really up for reading a book that makes me laugh right now. I, I think that's what I need more than anything, is a funny book. Get this. And because it's so funny and it's got great setups,
2: you find yourself reading it quite quickly because you just want to get to the next bit. And he creates these great characters. So Hitman Anders is a very thick guy who goes around, you know, beating people up for all the crooks. And then this receptionist and this priestess try and get in on the act and everything. It's just, honestly, I, t- I can't recommend it enough. If you want a good laugh, honestly, I'd get that. You've already put that on the Instagram, haven't you? It's on the Instagram and it's all on our WBTB Book Club page. OK, great. And honestly, it's I read that so quickly because it's just, it's very funny. Very, very funny.
3: Oh, right. OK, so that sounds like an outstanding recommendation because Maureen, you're not always as gushy about books. <laughs> So I'm going to take that as a five stars. So when is the book club for that then, Maureen? It is the last Monday, March, the 28th of March. 28th of March. We've got some new listeners. If our new listeners are like, oh, I'd actually quite like to get involved in that book club, what can they do? What would they need to do? There's the WTB book club page on Facebook. And you can join it then, and then all the information about how to join. Yes. And you'll get to sit on a Zoom call with Maureen, have a good old chin wag. What a treat. I mean, to be fair, normally in book club, we talk about the book for about five minutes. then talk about
2: something else. Well, those books <laughs> sound amazing. But anyway, so, Jen, what's got your goat this week? What's got your goat? Yeah, Jen, what's going on?
3: I don't want to lose my shit over... OK, this is it. Right, Jen's goat's <laughs> happen <Help me> now. <laughs> I cannot handle this! the social media theme again i think what we're learning is i've just got to get off social media but i tell you what i hate about social media is that whenever anyone puts a post up there's always one reply guy do you you know the guy i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. actually i think you'll find that oh did you know that Uh, excuse me but i've done my research and i've discovered that can you mr reply guy fuck the fuck off i honestly my problem with reply guys, is that I see a reply guy posting on something, a post that I agree with, or someone has put something up, or or actually sometimes it's just a benign post of someone saying, oh, today I wore a hat. And they're like, actually, I think you'll find it's not called a hat. It's called, you know, it sends me from zero to a million. Like, like in, in the most irrational way, I want to track that guy down and thump him. I have to take all my willpower to go, Jen, don't reply to reply guy, because reply guy is a prick. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind, but there's not one or two. There's thousands of these reply guys out there. Reply guys, stop replying. And it's always the guys that think they're not reply guys. If you're sitting there thinking, that's not me, I'm the reply guy. It's you, you, I'm talking to you. Reply guy, we don't want to hear from you. If you haven't got anything, just, I mean, fuck off. I mean, basically, is it, don't reply. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the mute button's for. Yeah. Mute, block I just got to get off Twitter. It's a sewer of reply guys. It's just a Mm -hmm. a stream of them. Just they're everywhere. They're not contributing anything positive to the conversation. I might add. You're not adding anything by making your snide, sarcastic comments to give yourself a semi. Fuck off, okay. Take your very small, half erect penis and jizz into a cup, okay? Because we are adults (laughs) having a conversation. Bye bye. (laughs) Do you think we ought to put some sort of... <laughs> fuck you, warning. <laughs> put a fuck you warning on our <laughs> podcast. Parental guidance. Uh, you don't need parental guidance. In fact, just don't let your kids listen. Anyway, that's what's been getting my goat. And I think it's because just before I we, we hopped on the record of this podcast, I saw another reply guy. So my blood went into... A boiling state as we entered this record and I, I think I've kept it together quite well up until this point actually that I managed to yeah you have
4: you've done really well but I like that you get agitated right before the taping because you really let it fly at the end then I, th- I think you need to like touch base with your goat before every recording
2: that's not a euphemism no <laughs> no it's not but you know what <laughs> it might calm me down it, it, might it cal- would definitely calm me down <laughs> it would help. I had a little it tinkle on my
3: goat before I started. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Little
4: goat tickle, and then we then we record.
2: I think this podcast sounds better if you little tickle on your goat before you listen in. Absolutely, even while listening.
4: Feel free to tickle your goat. This is the tickle your goat section. Uh, it's new <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, no
3: judgment here. Women talking bollocks.
4: If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts
2: and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube,
3: and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats.
1: Well, that do?